and welcome to RSF, the revolutionary sports front, your dirty, nasty, and controversial sports talk podcast for all things Detroit sports and sports worldwide. Here are your hosts, Tony, Joey, Frank, and Gerard, four lifelong friends born and raised in South Detroit. What up, what up, Sports Nation, Revolutionary Sports Front, Season 2, Episode 9. Hey, Frank's out today, guys, so I'm kind of taking the lead a little bit here. This is Joe out from Seattle, and then with us today, special guest, Walt. He's coming in to help us do a little bit of debating, possibly talk a little bit of Lions. He's a master in football, and we all know tomorrow's the Super Bowl, so who else are we going to bring in? And then, as you all know, we still got Gerard and Tony uh doing their thing arguing on the side about something probably diet coke or whatever uh so a little bit overview today guys super bowl msu some scandals there pistons red wings and maybe a little bit of max kellerman so boys it's good to see you again it's been a little while yeah how you doing out there joe good i'm uh i'm trying to survive the new uh master's degree program i'm in which is why we had the lengthy halftime here for the yes, season i'd like but, to uh, announce that our proud boy joey is the first one of us to go get his masters i've been helping him every week he's actually doing way better than i thought he would uh congratulations congrats. joe leveling up in a Appreciate big it. way yeah it's it's destroying my soul day by day but uh i think in two years it'll be worth it when i'm you know I look like a zombie or something, so To who be knows? completely honest, the last PowerPoint I looked at was the first time Joey used a word that I didn't know. <laughs> which, which word was it? I can't remember. It was so complicated. It had to be you know what's so funny is, is the Marines use a lot of words that aren't real, so it was probably a word that was also not real, which is why you didn't know it. Was it disestablishment anti-interiorism? Yeah. Tony, you can't even say that anymore. Let's get, okay, we're here it. to do sports. Fuck. Let's get into it. Super Bowls, Eagles, Pats, the Evil Empire versus... Really, Luke Skywalker. Foles kind of does look like him. What are you guys' uh, thoughts on the game? Anybody? Let's well, go to let's, Joe. Let's, oh, we're going to start with me? I was going to say, let's start with Walt. I mean, we got the guest here. I want to hear from Walt. I'll kick it off. No biggie. I don't mind. Let's go. Well, it's, uh, it's a rematch, first of all, from a Super Bowl that was very, very near and dear to my heart as a big Donovan McNabb fan a long time ago. And if it wasn't for Coach Belichick poisoning him, the Eagles would have beat the Patriots <laughs> back then. But this is the rematch and the revenge game, and uh, I think that the Eagles have a real chance to do it. The Patriots are extremely one-dimensional. They lack a running game. Their defense is not as good as people may think, and Nick Foles has been playing lights out. He just threw an absolute party on the Minnesota Vikings, who have probably the best corner in Xavier Rhodes in the league and one of the better pass rushes in the league. And Nick Foles pretty much did what he wanted to him all game. So I'm not really sure what the Patriots have in store for him. Although I do think Bill Belichick, given two weeks to prepare, will obviously have something decent ready for him. But I believe Foles is going to be ready. He's been in the league for quite a while. And this is his second playoff appearance, I believe. So it's not like this is his first time dancing in the postseason. He does have a little bit of experience. Yeah, and like Charles Woodson said on, uh, I was watching on Championship Sunday on ESPN, uh, Charles Woodson said he threw seven touchdown passes in a game against the Oakland Raiders. Nick Foles is no scrub. Like, he's a backup and he's been cut and he's looked bad, but he's a gamer, all right? He was cut from Michigan State, went out to Arizona, got it done, but... Jones, the one thing you talked about at the very beginning was that it's a 
a revenge game. Do you think that they're actually selling it as that, or just a revenge game for you because you love a Terrell Owens well, and I mean, uh, Donovan McNabb? Yes, I, those guys were absolutely robbed. T.O., I believe if the Pats don't poison McNabb and T.O. goes on to get that ring, he doesn't get screwed over in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I mean, while He's we're the on the Eagles, Hall we don't really talk about him. Terrell Owens is like top three in every category for receiver ever. And he still, I don't think he even made the final ballot this year. You guys are going to have to bring me on a different day if we want to get into T.O.'s accomplishments because the man <laughs> has done far too much for me to just spend, you know, a couple minutes on. There's, It's an absolute disgrace that he wasn't a first ballot Hall of Famer when a guy like Brett Favre was. I mean... Okay, Jones, that's a cheap shot. <laughs> I'm just saying. Well, everybody come over well, this table right well, now. Well, as a point here, I mean, there was a question mark uh, on ESPN. I think it was saying, like, is... is uh, is Moss um, a good choice for a first ballot, all, you know, Hall of Famer? And it's like, are you fucking kidding me? Now, if Moss like, have you seen the like, guy catch the ball with a cornerback ten yards behind him? I can say, like, I can swear. Yeah. Oh, I didn't oh, this know is that. Explicit, I, bro. I thought this was PGs. Oh, we're, we don't no, work clean. Oh. Trying to chill and sound professional. All right, let's go. No, dude, it's like <laughs> triple X up in here. Okay, man. well, <laughs> if we're gonna get, I have to address it because I'm gonna let the far. Elephants in the room. Favre, when he retired, was number one in every category, including interceptions. Dude, had a long streak of like number six. Besides a little dick pic scandal out in New York, <laughs> he had a clean repertoire. Uh, the Vike addiction. Oh yeah, and <laughs> she not his wife. I didn't know everybody knew about that. Uh, no, I mean he's a good guy. Yeah, good guy. To has a spotless record as far as being off the field. He might have been a bit of a jerk to a couple teammates, but this is football. These are grown men. If you can't handle being called a fag or you know, told that you suck, you shouldn't be playing football. That's just the bottom line. I mean, the fact of the matter is, in today's world, the receivers are just a lot more calm. Julio doesn't do anything jacked up. AJ doesn't do anything jacked up. But the receiver group that T.O. came out of, those guys were all out. Randy Moss was mooning people. He was running over cops. (laughs) Yes, and once again, these are all off-the-field issues, which T.O. never had any trouble with whatsoever. I mean, as loud as he Uh, was. suicide attempt thing after he was done because the media and you guys were kept bringing up all this bullshit if you want to bring up the off the field stuff you cannot ignore the fact that ray lewis was tried and should have been convicted for murder and he's gonna make it what i'm saying is off the field issues ray lewis murdered somebody now maybe it was self-defense maybe it wasn't a court said it was he's cool he got off his boys went to jail i'm happy for ray lewis i like ray lewis the man but if you're gonna say off the field stuff can keep you out of the hall i think murder should keep you out of the hall first of all those were just allegations that were you know, not proven to be true. and Because uh, he took a plea deal to testify so, against his buddies. You know, that's hearsay. Salute to Ray Lewis. He's a hell of a oh, player. Oh, I'm not trying to deserves, break down Ray Lewis. I'm trying to say Deserves that his first ballot Hall of Famer. Let's shafted. not denigrate Ray Lewis because T.O. is not being looked upon like he should. I mean, let's, let's not throw no, what I'm on saying Ray is here. Ray Lewis isn't going to stop, be stopped from getting to the Hall of Fame, so T.O. shouldn't either. Okay, I, I, I'll agree with that, but I mean, I don't want to... Spit on T.O. or spit on Ray Lewis to big up T.O. That's I'm not really part of that. Okay, it's, we can just it's the process Brett that needs Favre, to be changed. The beginning not, had a booze problem with Jack Daniels, cheated on his wife. Then he had a Viking addiction. Then he got clean. Then he went to New York and sent dick pics. And then he went back to the Vikings specifically to hurt his old team. So his character issues do come into questions. They like, almost gotta, trump T.O.s. Yeah, if we're talking about drama queen, we, Brett Favre yeah, was Brett the Favre ultimate was drama queen on the field. T.O. So for like half of his career. Are you serious? That. Dude, they wanted to start Aaron Rodgers a long time before they actually started Aaron Rodgers because Favre was out there viked out throwing interceptions. Let's not. Well, he was clean by that point. He, he was just, not Peyton Manning and Tom Brady who had a 15, Dude, 20 year run. He was actually on the Viking when they won the Super Bowl. Maybe he should have gotten back on it. 
The point I'm making is Favre should be in and T.O. should be in. Yes. Okay? Uh, I think we can all agree on that. Yeah, sure. I can what do you think about the game, that. Joe? So, so talking about, you know, because I, I think it's absolutely stupid that – you know, T.O. should not be. It was not the Hall of Fame at, at this point now, and and that it's even another question to uh, to put him in the first place. You know, um, to me, he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. Uh, but but th- you know, speaking of stupid things, I think I'd be stupid to pick against the Patriots for a Super Bowl. I I just I don't know. I lately a lot of uh, been learning a lot about psychology and sports, and I you know, you walk into a game. And, you know, regular season game, I think both teams are kind of like an even playing field, right? You walk in, you say, you know, there's the bright lights, got it, you know, you get amped up. It's a regular season game. You've got like 10 more that year maybe. Um, the Super Bowl, though, you walk in bright-eyed and you're like, oh, man, here's a Super Bowl. This is a big moment. And then you look across and there's a team who's done it five times uh, with with a lot of staff that's been there and, and, and the, the quarterback that's been there. And, and on the flip side of the coin, that team with all the experience is looking at you like, yeah, we've been here, and we we don't care how far you get us down. We've been down twenty eight, and we still came back and beat them. So, it, it's just one of those things where New England's just a never say die. Not only mentality, but the experience they have, and, and the ability to overcome some incredible adversity to a really good football team. Um, it, it's just hard for me to sit here and say, yeah, New England's like not going to get beat tomorrow. Yeah, the afternoon. thing is, New England doesn't panic when they're down. They just have a, they know they're going to score a certain number of points and they try to have their defense keep their team below it. Like, they're probably thinking, we're going to score 28, so if we're down 24 to 3, as long as we keep stopping, the offense will start scoring because they're just so methodical of how they do it, they weigh you down. I think the X's and O's of this game, where it really comes down to, is Philadelphia's ability to cover those little underneath routes that Brady loves throwing. I mean, I would say their corners match up pretty well because receivers aren't that great from New England and Gronk is playing with a concussion but I think my boy Malcolm Jenkins can lock him down and Fletcher Cox oh, is definitely I'm Philly I'm sending somebody first time the ball gets thrown to Gronk do what freaking Jacksonville did go helmet to helmet take the 15 yards put him out for the rest of the game yeah I don't know about all that I don't think Jacksonville did it on purpose what Jacksonville did was lose the game and <laughs> I <laughs> I absolutely despise the Patriots. If you guys have been listening to anything I said, you know, you'll pick that up. But locking up Gronk's just not going to happen. The absolute best you can do is, you know, hope to make it uncomfortable for him. You know, TJ Ward did it for Denver. That had a lot to do with Von Miller and Demarcus Ware crushing Tom Brady and him throwing Good point. not his usual perfect balls, you know, for Gronk yeah. to just reach out and pluck. Brady's got to make adjustments. Gronk's going to have to make adjustments, and I'm not sure that Philly's pass rush is quite what Denver's was, although Philly's got some guys up front that can get to him. Like you said, Joe, it is kind of foolish to pick against the Pats, given what they've done, but when you just look at the teams, player for player, roster, like when you compare the rosters, Philly's squad is better, and that's not just on paper. That's look at what they've done throughout the year. Their defense is better as a unit, rushing the passer, coverage, I would actually say the Patriots have better corners. I like Gilmore and uh, Malcolm Butler, especially against the Eagles receivers. I think you're going to see a lot of man from the Pats. They're going to have Gilmore manned up on Alshon Jeffrey a lot of the game, and I think Malcolm Butler is going to be following either Aguilar or Torrey Smith. But yeah, I think Alshon, if he can catch a couple jump balls against them. Exactly. You know what I mean? It might come down to that. Like one, like a Gilmore's third and 13. a tough matchup for him, though. Yeah. 
But I do like Alshon a lot. I've liked him since he was at South Carolina. I was hoping the Packers picked him up when he was a free agent, honestly. Yes. But uh, but the only position that I see the Patriots having a clear-cut advantage at is quarterback, Tom Brady. I think that's what everybody's saying going into the game, but the Patriots are just a complete team, and that's why they keep winning. So is Philadelphia. That's why they yeah, kept winning when their MVP caliber Jones, quarterback I was lost. setting it up so I could pick Philly. All right? I'm sorry. I've told everybody my everybody at work knows. Everybody on the Xbox Live community knows. Everybody that will listen to me knows. I'm taking the Eagles 24-20. Brady's getting lit up by Fletcher Cox as Malcolm Jenkins gets a, Malcolm Jenkins gets a game ceiling pick. Takes a knee. Fly Eagles fly. 24-20. What a scenario that would be. Be oh my god, I'd love to see that. Yeah, uh I kind of have a policy of don't pick against Tom Brady or Bill Belichick because the only team that they've lost to in the Super Bowl is the Giants. So. Yeah, from the NFC East. So I think there might be a curse here. Yeah, but they beat the Eagles already. Dude, yeah, but Eli they poison Manning the quarterback. can shred them down the field, Nick Foles can. They're arguably about the same point. You know, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? I mean, if you change the last names... Foles would probably be looked at in a lot higher regard. <laughs> probably. <laughs> Eli gets I'm just that. hoping it wasn't an aberration what we saw in the Vikings game for Nick Foles. You know, I mean, I've seen him have, play a complete season under Chad Kelly and do real well, oh, or yeah. Chip Kelly. But uh, they just the one thing, and I always say this on the show is uh, when you get in these situations, the Patriots have been there, the Philadelphia hasn't. If they come there and like Joey was saying with the psychology aspect are just wooed by the bright lights and don't have like a workmanlike attitude going in, they're going to get run over fast. Because it is a big game, and it's under the lights. Quick question. You know who uh, Philadelphia's defensive coordinator is? Jim, Jim Schwartz. Schwartz. He's not playing that go for the bright lights bullshit. He's get after it that, all day. We're no, that is fans. one thing that we I do think is in Philadelphia's favors. Jim Schwartz is one angry son of a bitch, and that defense is going to be angry coming out of the gates. I do have small reservations about that, though. God damn it, I hate even thinking about this because I want to pick Philly myself. But uh, every single time Tom Brady played that Schwartz defense, when he played us, the Lions, he picked us apart. The games weren't close. They weren't competitive at all. He was marching down the field at will. And our defense was set up pretty similar to what Philly's is right now. I mean, scheme-wise and personnel-wise, we had the strong line – Kind of weak in the middle at linebacker. Philly's linebackers are probably better than ours, but I don't know. And the corners weren't as good as those they got out there. Our current corners? Yeah. That's true. Our corners were always weak under Schwartz. So, yeah, that will help. But, I mean, it's it's essentially the same scheme. Personnel favors what we had, and Brady's picked it apart numerous times. The Eagles have to go out there and keep scoring, and they also need to run that fucking ball, keep Brady off the yes. field. Yes, LeGarrette Blunt and Jay Ajayi need to. They need to have at least, I think, like twenty-five carries between the two of them to chew some clock. That's a little revenge game. The Patriots let him go. They did, they did. But I mean, he's got his ring with the Pats. I don't think he's, he's got two even of be them. Upset. Yeah, they're yeah, definitely no. going to need to pound the rock. One thing I will say though is, uh, knowing Philly fans, they're going to go all Spartan after the game, win or lose, and burn that city down. Yeah, we might need a new Liberty Bell after this one, boys. I don't know. <laughs> Philadelphia wins this game. Absolutely. It's going to be nuts. A couple, couple additional games. cracks in the old bell. 
Yeah, I yeah. Don't, Philly's I, one I, crazy I, sports city, man. They were you guys see the video of them chucking beers and fucking at Viking fans at Vikings fans when crazy. they walked by. I mean, the Vikings fans were flipping. That's pretty them off shitty, back, man. Like you blew them out. Like let them, like let them, like no, just it was hang before their head the and game get out of there when they were walking in. Oh, it was when they're walking in? You guys are yeah. Wolverine fans. You play Ohio State every year. You know how hostile fans can be. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I kind of like that Philadelphia tough attitude, and I think that's what inspires the team to be tough. What I just wish Carson Wentz was healthy because this could be his shot at a ring, you know? I feel Jesus. horrible for him. Oh, he'll so it, it, terrible. Well, here's the funny Carson... part is I think if Philly wins this game, it'll somehow end up where Wentz never wins another Super Bowl. So his one Super Bowl ring will be when he was hurt and Foles was quarterbacking the team. That sucks, but he still has a ring. It's a great possibility. It's and really he hard to still repeat. had a great season in the year that they won. Oh, yeah. I'm, but it will always kind of be one of those things that will like, follow him around his entire yes. career. Very ironic. Yeah, I, I have a feeling, though, that the Eagles are just one of those up-and-coming teams, though, too. I, I think they're still fairly young. Uh, what, look at the depth they've created. They went out and got that Ajayi from uh, Miami for basically nothing, a great running back. Uh, so their depth at running back is is uh, is, is pretty extraordinary. Uh, they're only getting back one of the best quarterbacks in the league who was a possible MVP candidate at one point in the season um, You know, for next season and, and – Man, I, th- I think Philadelphia is set up for quite some time. And their Don't head coach think, is, is a hell of a coach. Speaking of possible so. MVP candidate, because he got hurt and didn't finish the season, but he positioned him to be the number one seed and be where they are. I don't think Carson Wentz should be taken out of the MVP talk. That's a hell of a point. You know what I mean? Like, no, he, he, he the, shouldn't. He shouldn't. missed the last two games or the last three? Last three? Uh, uh, he got hurt yeah. in the Rams game. So, so, yeah, one of those. But they yeah. still managed to win. Yeah, so, I mean, he had a great season, got him there, got him set up so they could play at home and instead of having to go to Minnesota, which would have been horrible. Yeah, he essentially secured the number one seed, which ended up being huge. I'm I mean, not sure. I mean, they did blow Minnesota's doors off, but I'm not sure that that game goes the same if they have to travel up to Minnesota with the chance of playing the next game, being the Super Bowl. There, those fans would have been hectic. That would have been an absolute crazy oh, game. Yeah. One also key factor I mentioned before: Malcolm Jenkins. Back when Shorts and the Lions were playing him, you guys didn't have a Malcolm Jenkins back there. We had Lewis Dalmas, dog. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, Dalmas was a stud. Okay, I thought we didn't have Frank here today. So I'm on Eagles. Walt's picking the. That's like one of Frank's, you know, few ridiculous Lions proclamations that came true. <laughs> the Dalmas thing. Who do you got out Frank there in Seattle, Joe? Loved so guided missile, bro. He's the captain of our secondary. <laughs> it was all true. So, I'm the so, captain uh, of this podcast. It doesn't mean anything. <laughs> uh, I, I can't sit out here and deny that Philadelphia doesn't have a great team this year. I, you know, like I said, they're up and coming. I think they're going to be good for a long time. Um, but once again, I, I, I can't go against the Patriots. I think it's going to be. Uh, you know what's it called the swan song when it's like your final yeah your final showdown song. yeah I, this i think this might be new england swan song here where they they kind of end their their reign on top of the nfl because i think brady's going to kind of hit that uh peyton manning wall pretty soon and so i'm gonna go i'm gonna go patriots 27 to uh 17 and uh and tom brady gets his final super bowl Speaking of the swan song thing, while we're on the NFL topic, you guys think this is it for the Patriots? They're about to break up the brain trust of Brady, Belichick, Kraft. So there's there's a lot of rumors on that, and I so I don't know. Like what's I heard 
heard a lot of it stemmed from the Garoppolo trade. Is that true? Allegedly, Brady went to Kraft and said, trade Jimmy G, or his trainer did. And then he went to Belichick and said, trade Jimmy G. And fucking Belichick said, I want to trade Brady. I can win with Jimmy G. Kraft said no and made him trade Jimmy G. So Belichick, there's thoughts that because of his grudge holding, he's been undermining the organization ever since. He traded away both the backups. And he's letting he helped both his coordinators get jabbed for the first time ever. This is all according to like reports from ESPN, who are about to get to in their shady reporting. I don't make anything up for a story, but uh, Robert Kraft's son recently did um, kind of confirm it in an interview. He said for like no reason he wasn't really asked about. It. He could have just you know said no comment or something. He said Brady deserves to go out on his own terms. You know, so it's pretty much the Kraft motto that Brady's above Belichick and Belichick. Kind of keeps it. Uh, he always thought the system is more important than the players. You know, I think I think trading Jimmy G was the wrong move. I don't think he's some all star quarterback, but he's definitely good enough to win in that system. If Matt Castle is good enough to go eleven and five, Jimmy Garoppolo is surely good enough to get you to the playoffs God. in that system. And this this whole beef started long before the trade. Belichick approached Kraft before the season to try to move on from Tom Brady because he was 40 and because it was time to, you know, it's it's the Aaron Rodgers time and Brett Favre's done. It's the same thing here. Yeah, although Brady Montana Steve playing, Young. Exactly. Although Brady's playing at a way higher level than Brett Favre's bum ass was. They lost was in the time. NFC Championship and then cut him. I mean, he did throw a pick to end the game, but... Brett Favre was trash for like the last five years of his career. He went to Minnesota and had that fucking aberration, the best year he's ever had because he was fourteen and two. If he because he was playing with Adrian Peterson, he had no idea what was going on. He was so concussed when he threw that pick. Yeah, that defense was unreal. They had Sidney Rice, Adrian Peterson, and uh, sacks, dude. They were sick. Receiver. Who was Sidney Rice? And they had a Sidney Rice. Sidney Rice was sick. He was like a shitty Calvin Johnson. Oh, who's who is that? Uh, who's that guy, guy who too. ended up going to Seattle and win, winning a championship with them? Um, shit. It was it was that slot receiver. He ended up winning it. He ended up winning a title with uh, Seattle. Uh, dang it, he was from Florida. Oh, Percy, Percy Harvin. Harvin. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Good call, Krasik. Fuck per- yeah. Percy that Harvin. team was yeah. loaded. That was the best team Favre ever played on, and he yeah. still couldn't get it done. Right. Fucking bum. <laughs> they went 14-2. and two. It, what, The best team he ever played on was in the 90s when your mind was still changing you, Jones. They won the Super Bowl over, I was sick. over the Patriots. That was 96. I remember Fucking that, bro. Desmond Howard, the only good Dude, thing he's ever done. That this freaking team, loser. Bro, this Vikings roster that Slanging he darts. threw that Desmond game with was probably Hyman. Yeah, dude. Dorsey Levins? Dor- Adrian Peterson, Dorsey Levins. Who are you taking, Krasik? What about you, Tony? Adrian Peterson <laughs> or Dorsey Levins? Who would you rather hand it off to? Dorsey and his friend. Who would you rather throw to? Sidney Rice or freaking Antonio Freeman? I'd take Percy Harvin over both of them. Over Antonio Freeman? Yeah. Percy Harvin could one little Tylenol. He's got a headache. Dude, he was Antonio injury prone. Freeman is- Percy Harvin, he's like our new boy Blake Did you Griffin. Do you not remember the highlights of him just dunking all over the Lions? My Dude, God. When Percy was on the field, he was a stud. Darren Sharper was on both teams. No, he wasn't really. <laughs> he but. wasn't on the Packers team. He was, a little <laughs> he was about to be on that Packers team. Dude, that's sick. Mean, Reggie White, they had him. So nobody, nobody compared White. to that. I won't say anything stupid there. But that Minnesota D-line, bro. Jared Allen and those two big fucks. Kevin and Pat Williams. Weren't they both Williams? The D-tackles? The Williams? Yeah, the Williams players. Yeah. yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah. Chad Greenway and his prime at middle linebacker. They were good, yep, bro. Chad Greenway. 
that was yeah they had, they had a pretty stud deep that was at least the second best team Favre's ever been on. And, of course, in true Favre fashion, he threw a pick. But I don't want to talk In Favre's defense, in that game, he was so concussed, he, like, didn't leave a dark room for, like, a month afterwards. He was, there, was, yeah, there were legitimate bounties on him and some other Vikings players. In reality, <laughs> NFC Championship no, that, oh, I blame the coach. I don't know if it was Mike Tice at the time, but whoever the coach was has to know that Favre Brad Childress. Yeah, dude. Hand it off and let Ryan Longwell, who I think might have been on that Packers team that won the Super Bowl, uh... Let him kick the field goal because it was tied. You could have just gone to OT. But, yeah, fuck Brett Favre. I really don't want to talk about him. Back to uh, <laughs> Brady and Belichick, the original point. Yeah, there's uh, – I'm not sure it's going to be their last hurrah, Krasik. I think Brady had just played some of his best football, and he's about to win the MVP. I don't see how he calls it quits after that. Just – yeah, yeah I don't think Brady's game. leaving. I think Belichick, I think that the Lions were left the slot open. He might have came here. Now there, I'm a, I'm a guy. I would have loved to see that happen. But I think if had they lost to, like, Jacksonville or in some shitty fashion prior to the Super Bowl, Bill would have had an open door to walk out. But if they get to the Super Bowl, especially if they win it, you can't go to another team. Like, you can step away and say, I'm done, but you can't go to another team. Yeah, there is a good chance. He is honestly pretty old. He's got that little young bombshell girlfriend. She's actually hot. Belichick? Belichick's got, like, a hot girlfriend. He's got that boat he loves being on. Belichick has a career in the box, and he's got to be going on 70. It might be time for him to hang him up. I think he's, like, mid-60s. Because no matter what, Belichick's going to look like a genius when he leaves because Brady has to, Father Time's going to catch up to him. He's going to start sucking. But I think what Belichick wanted to do was win one without Brady so he wouldn't be forever tied to him, you know? I I think eight Super Bowls alone makes any coach look like a genius when he walks away, man. It doesn't have to be anything else. (laughs) Yeah, but I think as as this little brain trust ends, I think they all want the credit, and that's where it really stems from. They push their egos down, but now you have the TB12, that whole thing, his method. He's got his own TV show, Belichick. That's got a lot to do with it, too. Being funny now for the first time in his life, and freaking Robert Kraft. The massage therapist or whatever that that Brady's got. Did you guys read any of that ESPN article? I mean, I read the highlights. I read almost all of it, and fucking it. it alleges that this Guerrero had... The Patriots players uh, had the Patriots players going to his facilities and the TB12 facilities to train instead of to the uh, to the teams, and that caused a huge rift. Belichick was having none of that. Brady, and it seems like oh, what else did it say? The new receivers, Brandon Cooks, and someone else that was new. It had them. When they showed up, they weren't sure if they should be training at the Patriots team facilities or if they should be training at the TB12 facilities. And Belichick immediately was just like, Tom, we can't have this. Like, this is extremely unhealthy for the team. And, I mean, the article, it's only hearsay from that point on. But that meeting was confirmed, and there's a lot to that. I'm glad you'd like to talk about ESPN and hearsay because that's the perfect transition into where we're going. Yeah, well, before before we transition, though, Walt, Walt's got a huge point there because that, that does create a lot of controversy. The, the head strength coach and the head coach of a football team have got to have, like, this major trust bond. Uh, I mean, you know, anywhere in college ball or anything like that, as, as coaches move around, they take their strength coaches and a lot of their staff with them because they want their players to fit a certain mold in a system. And uh, if you have Tom Brady running around with this massage therapist and then he's getting all these other guys to walk away from the team strength program – it undermines the strength coach, and then it undermines uh, – it's a chain reaction undermining the head coach. 
and that's where that's where a big uh, issue comes in. So yeah, I don't uh, know what Brody was thinking. I think that guy is just trying to look for other clients so he can get richer. And he oh yeah, that's yeah, he's, what he's, trying he's, to he's do. a private he's a private sector guy, and that's what a lot of them kind of do. I mean, the they, they do is, a lot of I mean uh, off season stuff, but it's a, it's a business to him, and he's trying to get more clients. Brady is more the exception than he is the rule, and that Guerrero guy thinks that it's because of his training that. Brady's lasted so long. Every once in a while, you get a player. Ridiculous. Yeah. Get a player like Jordan averaged 20 when he was 40. That's, I mean, how many people on, in the world can do that? LeBron's gonna. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. There's been like two people in the lifetime of the NBA. So Guerrero's just trying to spread his methods, and it's almost like a Scientology type cultish mentality, I think, with Brady and this guy. I don't know where to. Maybe likes him like. And to Belichick's point, dude. I mean, if Brady wants to, you know, follow that weird shit, cool. But you can't have like receivers thinking that they're not going to get passes thrown to them if they don't go, you know, conform to this weird fucking training. Like, yeah, because it's hard enough to get the rock for a there. Reason. And, like, what's Jonas Gray ran the ball four touchdowns, two hundred sixty-eight yards, slept through an alarm, and, and got you cut. Haven't heard from him since. Yeah, you know what I mean. I mean, it was against a weak Colts defense, but if Belichick has a system and it's proven to work. And Brady's imagine going, being one of those go, players, like, oh man, like you know, coach is on my ass if I don't show up to this. But Tom's not going to throw me the ball if I don't do this. Like, it's just yeah, that, super unhealthy. Yeah, yeah, that's not good. But but the one the good thing about the Patriots is they put it all aside come Sunday. That's true. You got to give them. They're not letting that stuff get onto the field. Compartmentalize things. They're like one of a kind in that way. Yeah. Distractions are just not distractions to them. But. Yeah, but you know, speaking of rumors and scandals and and all kinds of nonsense, uh, I think now would be a good time to bring up MSU and, and talk about uh, Nasser and the uh, the that piece of shit that he is. But, but you know, even more importantly, you know, from more of a sports perspective and, and kind of more in our realm here, is, is Sports Center uh, and how not well, not Sports Center, Outside sorry, ESPN and and what they're putting out there and how uh, I mean. To to me, ESPN. I, I so I didn't read the article. I didn't I didn't hear what ESPN had to say on the subject. Uh, it's been a busy week, but I, I just have a feeling that what ESPN put out was was nothing short of crap. And uh, because because quite honestly, in the past couple months that I paid more attention to ESPN, they've been crap. So uh, Jerry, why don't you? That's uh, one reason why I think the this faithful whole, uh, MSU guy. Go ahead. ESPN's turned into the keeping up with the Kardashians of the sports world. They're firing employees, good employees, actual real writers, and they're employing these people that are more entertainers than actual journalism professionals, which I consider us. And so what happened was Larry <laughs> really? Nassar really? Larry Nassar touched like three hundred women, okay, at least. I mean that's probably the minimum that he touched. About half of them they say he touched in front of their parents. And ESPN has a cursure of audacity to bring the blame somehow down from that to Izzo and D'Antonio created a culture rape so that guy could be an absolute demon and a monster. Now, Luana K had to go because it happened under her, and that's messed up. So she has to be held at fault. And I don't have a problem that we got John Engler as the interim president, unlike all the other babies up there and freaking millennial crybabies, but... So my main contention, Larry Nassar is an absolute joke. I think we should shut the gymnastics program down. I don't think we should have male doctors work with female patients so we never have to worry about it again. I think we should take care of all these problems. But there's absolutely no connection between that and D'Antonio and Izzo. The piece from ESPN said between 2010 and 2014, there was 34 rapes that the coaches did things to intimidate the witnesses or... Stop it from going to trial. That's not true. 
But until 2014, federal law says that if somebody comes to you and says, I was raped by somebody on your team, you have to report it to Title IX. That's what federal law states. You don't go to the cops, you go to Title IX, they do the investigation. So they reported all of them to the NCAA. Mark Emmerich already admitted he knows about all 34 of them. And they reported every single one of them to Title IX. The, everybody was, it's a, this isn't like Baylor where they were covering it up and having the cops not ask questions. All the questions were asked. Everything in this article pretty much stems from one uh, counselor, some sexual counselor on Michigan State's campus who left in 2015. She didn't go public with this in 2015, 16, or 17. She waits till NASSAR comes out to try to draw some connection. In fact, last year when four state players did get charged with raping, uh, three of them with the same girl, one of them raped somebody in his hometown, all four of them, as soon as it was legally acceptable, were kicked off the team and expelled from school. And it was noted by ESPN that this is exactly how rape cases should be handled. And what ESPN is doing now by going to press conferences and asking D'Antonio questions, a lot of people don't know this, but the privacy of students is held in high regard in the United States. Okay, but let's get down to some real facts here. This was not because of Larry Nassar. This investigation started before Larry Nassar. The problem was Michigan State fought in court Freedom of Information Act requests from ESPN to release these reports that they were legally had to be released. They lost what the court talking about? twice hey, Tom. to ESPN. Talk that Who? shit, Tony. Yeah, MSU. The, is this about Nasser or is this about D'Antonio and Izzo? Why are you yelling? D'Antonio and Izzo. Izzo. This report was before Nasser was even found out about. So the, so the outside the lines piece that I'm talking about was before Nasser came out. Yes, it's because they were going through court because Michigan State took ESPN to court to fight their freedom of Information Act uh, about records which, request about which rape? about their Title IX because it was when several universities there was SS- oh so several universities were fighting ESPN no there were yeah, ten but- universities under federal. Under Title IX investigation. And did any of those other universities employ Dr. Nasser? That's a question. No. Oh. But oh. in 2014, there were 10 universities under <laughs> Title IX investigations. ESPN used Freedom of Information Act requests against all of them to get their Title IX records. And Sparty's the only one that fought him in court? Sparty was the only one that fought him in court. Why is that? Lost in court the first time, handed over the documents, but heavily redacted them. So they were basically useless. Yeah, but you can't. ESPN took them to court again. They lost in court again, and then had to actually give over the documents. So, they, so when they lose this last case, just recently. That's why it's finally coming to air now. When was it before Nasser? So then they waited until after Nasser to tell us. In 2014, when the Title IX investigation started, Nasser was also Nasser was one of the cases. So besides trying to keep information from ESPN, did they do anything wrong in terms of handling the rape? Um, I mean, yes, the federal Title IX investigation ruled that they mishandled several cases. Did they hand out any punishments from this? Yes. Yeah, and so we serve the punishments. You're still under those punishments, but what are they? I don't remember. But one of the things is that you have federal oversight right now on all of your Title IX investigations. Yeah. And you're trying to say, oh, we've been good. Let it go. And I'm not trying to say that. I said the, the rapist on the team. Yeah, we had a case saying that not Izzo and Dantonio were kicking part, the curb. But part of the problem is you had people who were reporting rapes to the police, and then this prosecutor was saying not enough ed- evidence. Then, like six months after that's over, she's suddenly the head of Michigan State's Title IX department, 
where then all these other cases go on. See, not Jerry, even you explained the, the situation to me yesterday and left all this shit out. Okay, well, do you know that the Ingham County prosecutor is an elected official? This guy. Yes. So that was elected by the people. Technically, I might have elected that person. Yeah. I did vote once. And then when, she, and then when <laughs> they didn't run for re-election, they, the, they, it's so somebody they that the people of the entire county of Ingham thought could be the DA shouldn't be heading Title IX investigations, a federally important job? Well, I'm saying six months after she lets off a Michigan State player, she's the head of Michigan State's Title IX office. Something's Holy a little shit. fishy there. Yeah, she needed a job and she's a good employee. I mean, do you know what? Do you know what the evidence is in that case? Because it's substantial at best. I'm not. I was on campus case. when Adrian Payne and Keith Evelyn were accused of raping that girl. It was a joke because everybody knew she was lying. I was on campus. Tony, forty-five thousand was. You have campus. a video of Adrian Payne in an interview with the police going, "Yeah, Keith had sex with that girl. I mean, she said stop, so I stopped." Keith wanted to get his nut off. All right, so Adrian Payne Tony, is Tony, a snitch. Tony, 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 we got to turn the do volume with... down a little bit because we got to make okay. sure comprehend. First of all, the, Adrian the Payne here. is a legal retard. Adrian Payne is a snitch, and I'm glad he got cut. If that's what really happened, if he's in the office saying, "Man, Keith raped that bitch. I ain't touch her," then yeah, he deserves to get cut, <laughs> and he probably had his hands on her too. He's he admitted that Adrian he had his hands on You know on they only showed you that stop. They stopped. only showed part of the video on ESPN. They, we we can't see the full video of the footage. Right, and the, D, the there wasn't enough evidence to prosecute. This. That happens all the time. That's not Michigan State didn't pay off the prosecutor not to prosecute. They didn't do anything with those players. They didn't pay off the prosecutors. Yeah, theory, but what but I'm saying, saying that is, they just created the culture okay. by overlooking numerous so incidents such so, as this. What you're saying is seven years later, when Don Corley, fucking something King, and uh, one of their three best players from recruiting class all rape a girl, they wouldn't have the prosecutor say the same thing. Not enough evidence, dude. There's probably shit. Similar to that, that's been happening the last couple years. It just hasn't been blown up yet. Once it did it does, get blown up, they all got kicked off the team. Donnie yeah. Corley's for fucking uh, Detroit King. He was about to go pro. He was Dude, sick. Jerry, I'm not saying they didn't kick these guys off the team, but what they're saying is part of the thing is D'Antonio in his interviews about this said, "This is the first time I ever had a player do this on my team," and then ESPN's going, "Dude." We got 11 reports right here saying you uh, got players raping pump women. breaks. Well, we know Maybe he said it's the first time he had three people rape a girl in a bathroom at an apartment. Maybe that's what he was saying. You know what I mean? Instead of construing his words. We're talking, right, Jerry. We're talking about wagons. the same coach that you know was responsible for guys beating up the hockey team or whatever. Okay, yeah. There's the talk about that. Rather get, you know what the real story of that is? Some guy from a fraternity broke a bottle over Glenn Winston's head. So Glenn Winston, being the thug he is, and the real man, went to their fucking sorority little fu- or fraternity formal with all the real men on the team. You know what happened to those guys? They all had to miss the bowl game that year. And if you lied to D'Antonio and said you weren't there, then you got kicked off the team. Two players did. All the players who were there didn't get to play in the bowl game. You know what the news around here reported? Kirk Cousins let it. You know where he was? At midnight service with his parents. I'm not okay? sure I believe that. This is called that. the mid- media spent. Rob, Rob Parker? Rob Parker, yeah. Yeah, he's the one who did that. But Kirk Cousins is Don't even get me started on the Travis Walton part of this. Where, if you listen to anything, the girl's already redacted her story because she's about to get sued by Travis Walton. Where Travis Walton slapped a girl in a bar, she, allegedly, allegedly slapped a girl in a bar. She went to the... Pled co- guilty to littering to avoid the charge for it. Two independent witnesses said it didn't happen. Yeah, Tony, you want to know the truth? When I was at Michigan State, I gave the cop a fake ID. And you know what I got? A littering ticket. 250 bucks. It's a way to get cash. People don't understand the judicial system. 90% of cases are handled with a plea bargain. 90%. 
I know that. 90? Jesus. So you're sitting there and you're saying, hey, Travis, you have to go to trial. We have to defend yourself, and it's going to be public, and it's going to hurt the university, or you can just take this plea deal, yeah, and it'll be what? a littering ticket. But before the case was dismissed, he, Izzo was still letting him travel with the team. So when he wasn't innocent nor guilty, he was allowed to... Okay, so, but when you're so, under investigation, so Izzo, mm-hmm. the first thing Izzo should have been doing was being like, hey, oh, yeah, take a step good. back. And you're going to handle this, and you're not going to be traveling with the team. What? Get this shit handled. So, in your America, we're guilty until proven innocent. We fought a war in 1776 for this exact thing not to happen. Is that what you're saying? I'm saying if you're under investigation for assault, you shouldn't be coaching a basketball team. And there's two witnesses that say, Tony, do you have a, have you ever had to go to court? What happens is you go, you have a pre-trial hearing, you say not guilty, and then a month later you come back and talk to a lawyer where they give you the plea deal. So for that month, even though you know your plea deal is going to be a littering ticket. All right, Jerry, I haven't been arrested like you, so I don't know all the specifics of the legal system. But I'm saying coaching a college basketball team is a fucking privilege. And yeah, he was a student assistant coach. He didn't get fired either. He left to go fucking play. The story said he got, didn't get fired until later. He didn't get fired. He went to go play in Europe. And the girl said, oh, because he was living in Izzo's basement. I thought that he would know everything. Like, I thought it was a guarantee that he knows it. But now she said, I just assumed. I just assumed. You know what no, journalists a, are supposed to do? Report the reason facts. they were saying he was living in Izzo's basement was because there was a news story in like whatever local newspaper is there is there's up there saying Walton was living in Izzo's basement. Yeah, he was living in Izzo's basement. What do you think? Th- you think Izzo doesn't live in a mansion? That basement has a private door. You think they were eating fucking Cheerios together in the morning talking, oh yeah, I slapped the girl at the club last night. Watch me get out of this. No, Izzo was at the practice facility. Man, it's a smear campaign. We reported all the violations, all 34 of them. Mark Emmerich knows about it. There's so, emails. So, yes. So, and the federal wh- investigation said that you misproperly handled those investigations. That was the point of the report. So but we here's need to, the thing. Yeah, well, they mishandled the fucking the OJ trial. All the to do is fucking say, oh, we already reported this. Get off our fucking backs and circle the wagons. Protect the program instead of burning this motherfucker down and getting... No, no. What really happens is all the little butthurt Michigan fans that are sick of getting their ass kicked on the football field are trying to make this out to be something it isn't. You're trying to make it into Baylor or Penn State. You're doing exactly how Larry Nasser got away with all of his fucking rights. That's how this comes back to Nasser. What? Tony, I will fucking play... There were... The parents were in the rooms with Shit, the kids while he was doing it. The parents were there. You want me to tell me Luana Gaze was responsible when the old parents were in the room while the girls were getting touched? How there do you explain that to me? There parents in the room, you fucking moron. Did what? You, did you read the fucking reports? You're, you're t- I fucking did. The parents were... There was maybe twice where a parent was lit. in the room. Most of the what time, yeah, so, parents yeah. weren't in the room. So you think now, when they know they're going to get paid, they're going to admit they were in the room, Tony? You think that's... Dude, all those people were coaching that when they were talking in the fucking court case. You're an idiot. The, the coach at the gymnastics program where he was doing a lot of this stuff admitted that the parents weren't there because he ran his practices long purposely so the parents wouldn't okay, be so there. Okay, so, Na- so what does Nasser have to do with D'Antonio? Draw me that. I'm saying what happened what was... What you're saying is... Nasser put people that was his friends in power positions that were they were able to cover up his assault. Dog, that's how that shit goes. Do you watch anything? They're always putting their friends in power. Look at Trump. Put all his people in power. Well, I'm they just can saying, cover his ass. That's what Nasser did. Now he's firing them all because they can't cover his so ass So is it Tony or his buddies? No. He put people... like He had a protege doctor who was the head 
of the Medical Investigations Board at Michigan State. So anytime he came under investigation for anything there, she said, oh, it's a medical procedure. There was no, no harm. Yeah, no okay, and that person should be crucified with Nasser. I think they should be crucified but in here's front the of the thing. Like, actually crucified, Tony. That's what I think should happen to those people. That has nothing to do with Travis Walton in 2011. But it has to do with the fact that Michigan State improperly investigated the title. The, Dude, the cops, the cops, not the Michigan State. The federal government said that the, the Title IX investigations were All right, done. you want to talk about Club Fed? He was a Team USA doctor. Where the hell were their investigations, Tony? Who was covered up from there? The U.S. Olympic Committee was, and they're under investigation. You know who didn't care? Too. You know who didn't care? The U.S. Olympic Committee. You know why? Because we were winning gold medals left and right. But here's what's happening. No, Michigan, here's what's happening. Michigan State is once again circling their wagons the way people that were friends with Nasser circled the wagons around him to let him keep raping people instead of Michigan State saying, hey, we fucked up. We need to clean house here and get some people out and Who put do you, people well, in. The president's gone. Yeah, and there should be a lot more people gone. Who? Yes, she was just a fall chick. That's not – no, that's bullshit. She shouldn't have to fall on the sword by herself. The it's fact not- of the matter is if he had been like – I mean, touching cheerleaders for the football team and Antonio knew about it, they'd be shutting down the football program. That I do agree with Jerry with. They're only bringing this shit to light now because it's like fucking Me Too fever right now. No disrespect to the Me Too movement and all those unfortunate young ladies. I sympathize with all of them. However... He, he's getting roasted on a spit at this particular time because of the current climate right now and the Me Too thing being as huge as it is. Had this, you know, not be popping off, I'm sure it'd be an issue, but he wouldn't be getting killed like he is right now. Well, I'm kind part of, of the reason he's getting killed the, for right now is because anytime people ask him a question, he goes, I'm not talking about that. No comment. Yeah, I would say the same fucking thing. He, he won't address Tony, it. And I got, I got lawyers for this shit. Well, Mind your fucking business. Again, I'm not answering your When you're your under investigation, you're not supposed to say anything. You know why? Because you say something accidentally that's yeah, not true. Using then all they can that say shit everything you've you. ever said is not true. You've obviously never been in the ju- ju- criminal justice. Oh, he you know just clarified. I've never been arrested yeah. like you, Jerry, so I don't know. Wait, you got to remember who you're talking to. See if you're talking then. You don't say anything. You say, fuck I don't remember. Give me a phone call. I'm just call. saying that's Let why he's call getting my crucified. Lawyer. Because no. people want to hear him Tony say. Tony would just simply be like, yeah. I was with Jerry and Walter but he and Crosby and they did it all. Let's, like, let's say he knows for a fact that <laughs> real girls. <laughs> Let's, he, let's say he knows for a fact that one of the girls was lying. Like, it's been proven they had the text message. He can't say that that girl's lying right now because she's a student at Michigan State. He's not legally allowed to say that. I know, but I'm just saying well, so people, you are, people are going to get pissed because he's saying no comment. I'm not saying that it's not the right thing to do. I'm just saying that's why people are pissed. Dude, fuck Fucking people. A. That's what you say. You say no comment. You don't just start. No, you're saying they're justified in being pissed. I'm saying it's a smear campaign. They had a picture. This is the crucial. This it's is not real- a smear campaign. They had a picture Jerry. that was Dan Antonio, Larry Nasser, and Izzo, and it's a crisis. Crisis at Michigan State. Number one, we have the best nuclear physics program in the entire world. So there's no crisis. We'd be blo- if there was a crisis, we'd have blown the whole state up. That's number one. Number two, Izzo and Dan Antonio. Even if they did. Even they didn't. Even if they did cover up a rape or two, they're still not Larry Nasser. That guy touched probably like a thousand women, probably a thousand. Nobody did anything about it. Parents in the room, cops knew about it. Nothing happened. I find that super hard to believe. You know who broke the, the story? The Lansing the State knew. Journal. The Lansing State Journal is the one that not USA Today investigating the yeah. Olympics. Jerry, a couple I, of kid reporters up in Lansing. I told you, Larry Nasser had people around him who thought he was a good guy. That they protected him because he convinced them that he was a good guy and they put them in positions of power around him so that way then, or he did favor, like, 
They're Tony, now about you're being naive. These motherfuckers knew exactly what he was doing when yeah. they took that fucking job. They've been it's his like boys the from day one. Hate. Yeah, they all people, knew. People knew. The fact people of knew. the matter is people don't want to admit that a sociopath can have this much power, so he had to have people helping him. And he did, but he put him into power. It wasn't like somebody was just, Izzo saw some girl get fingered and was like, oh, that's fine, Nasser. That's not what happened. You know what I mean? I'm saying The that- fact of the matter is Nasser's probably smarter than... 99.9999999% of people walking the earth and that's how we got away with it so long and there's monsters out there and we should fucking burn these monsters at the stake that's what we should do yeah well not what? try to break down a great basketball coach okay you keep saying this is related the, the ESPN report isn't related it just happened at the same time if it's not related Michigan, why is there a saying. picture this of is, Larry Nasser and Izzo it together it is definitely that's on the Detroit news or the free press that was on ESPN it's definitely more than a coincidence uh, when the, when the story came it's out. Timing, and, exactly, and you know, it's it's, it's more than just a coincidence. Very, it's very calculated, Tony. Uh, you can't you can't deny that. So you're saying that ESPN outside lines would have came out this the day after the guilty verdict, even if no guilty verdict. The timing of the, the stories is what relates them. How many? I'm talking about the sentencing where all the people were speaking out and all the people. Oh, I get touched. That was the second one. His first guilty verdict was a while ago. Oh, the thing he, is, the Michigan State report probably would have come out in 2014, and Michigan State would have just handed over the documents then. No, it wouldn't have because it would have fallen on deaf ears. And guess what? When they did the report on all the other schools that they investigated, it would have just blown over like all of those. But here's the do you, problem. Do you think this is an isolated incident that just Michigan State has football and basketball players that get handsy with women? Do you think that it is? Because no. Michigan's and- kicker raped a girl and fucking Taylor Lewan, who might be an all-pro for the Tennessee Titans, texted her and said, I'll kill you if you go to the cops. They had the text message. Where's the investigation in Michigan? There was. And Michigan handed over the docs. Yeah. They under- Who got fired? They brought Jimmy Harbaugh and Brady Hoke stayed. Taylor Lewan went to the pros. Because guess what? That was 2014. When they were also under Title IX investigation, they handed yeah. over their docs to okay. ESPN. ESPN did their little report then on the schools that handed over docs. Blew over. Nobody gave two Tony, shits. if you can find that report on the internet in the next 30 seconds, I'll give you $60. I can't. Yeah, because I don't think it exists. I think you're talking about a made-up fucking thing. It was in the ESPN report that they... So in the report in 2017, they cite their own report from 2014? They cite 2014 that they requested all 10 schools... They were under t- federal Title IX investigations. They requested all their Title IX docs yeah, in so, regards to athletes. So it was Title IX a federal organization, so we yes. were being investigated by the feds. Yes. Okay. And so was Michigan. Every school but Michigan State handed over the docs. So we were Michigan State took them to court. So we twice. didn't keep them out of our. Keep, ca- so we did report the violations to. So we did what we we're supposed to. Is what you're telling me. What you didn't do is you didn't hand the stuff over to Michigan State. And no, we so, didn't hand it over to ESPN. I don't think we should hand it to ESPN. They could fucking blow me. Well, guess what? There's, it's called the Freedom of Information Act. They have to hand it over. Guess what? Federal judge ruled that twice. I would have lit the shit on fire. Don't tell me I had to hand it over to some reporters. That's just making their job easier. So guess what? Yeah, part of it probably is Michigan State getting back at uh, – or ESPN getting back at Michigan State for taking them to court twice instead of just handing over the docs. But guess what? Now also Michigan – also, ESPN has the results of the Michigan State Title IX investigation showing that you completely bungled it all those years. Completely bungled? I think there might be one or two. But completely bungled means we got rapists walking out there that should be in jail. They handled it properly. It's not my fault. It's no! The it's federal not government ruled that your Title IX office was not properly investigating stuff. The Title IX, that, the Title IX 
office is part of the federal government. You think the federal government works correctly? You can't blame me because the Title IX office doesn't work. Don't blame state because their Title IX, that's not theirs. It's the federal government, Tony. They're two separate bodies. So the federal government was mad at themselves that their own office wasn't working correctly. Is what you're saying. Wouldn't be the first time. <laughs> well, now that we're all fired up, I, you know, I think I, I need to say two things real quick. Number one, Walt, you got to come around more often because this thing just got out of hand. And two, I think crazy. Frank is going to immediately regret that he didn't come on the show today. So, <laughs> I told Jerry before we kicked it off, I was really looking forward to chopping it up with Frank. I mean, we we get into some you know pretty heated lines talks, and we actually haven't had one off camera in a while, so it would have been great to have one here for his podcast but he's doing whatever he's doing so we'll have to everything i can find in a quick google search is that msu improperly handled they improperly handled the title nine into larry nassar not any of the football players so just saying is all this mishandlings that you're saying could have been all the programs might have just been larry nassar no the espn report even gave examples of the ones that were improperly handled yeah the espn reports a smear campaign it's none of it's true but it lists. It they say that it cites the Title IX report about what ones were wrong, Jerry. It also said that Travis Walden did hit that girl. It says that. It's fake news. <laughs> fake news. I'll tell you what isn't fake news though. Totally dishonest. Blake Griffin. Fake news. I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell you what isn't fake news. Blake Griffin's in Detroit, guys. Yes. And so. uh, I'm. I yeah, am, we're gonna be eighteen for the next four years. For the first time. Yay, mediocrity. The first time on RSF, we are gonna talk some serious Pistons here. I think we had like the best thing we got besides Red Wings, Lions, and, and our college football uh, programs was was Tigers in two minutes, and and that didn't last very long uh, because they started breaking stuff down. But uh, uh, I'll tell you what, man, the Pistons with with uh, Andre and, and uh, Griffin, man, I, I think that's a pretty dangerous little duo though. They're uh, down the paint, so I, I don't know, Walt. What do you think? Oh, I'm hype about it. I, uh, we, let's see here. We're going to be better. When I, I mean, we're obviously going to be better. We got the best player in that deal, but we weren't winning any championships before. We're not winning any championships now, at least the way the roster is currently constructed. But we can definitely win a playoff series. We can be a second-round playoff team. We, uh, let me see here. We need defense still. Blake Griffin doesn't do anything to help our defensive struggles, but he helps our offense a lot. He's he's super versatile. He can pretty much do everything on offense. He can shoot. He's got post game down low. He rebounds. His rebounds have dropped in the last couple of years, and his field goal percentage is actually down this year, but there's a huge reason for that. He wasn't playing with Chris Paul earlier in the season. Like His entire career, he's had... You know, not just one of the best point guards in the league, but one of the best point guards in league history, dishing him the ball and setting him up. This year, he, Blake Griffin, as a power forward, has essentially been the Clippers' number one playmaker. He's been handling the ball for him. Shit, he's averaging just about the same amount of assists as Reggie Jackson. They're both at about five and a half, six assists. So he moves the ball. He's not just like a ball stopper like a lot of people think that he's going to be like, oh, you got to give him the ball. It's like Mello, for instance. He's just going to you know, look to jack up a bad shot or do something stupid. Blake, he, he passes it. He moves the ball. He's got, like I said, he can shoot, play with his back to the basket. He's got range. He's going to help our squad. And then, obviously, he's used to playing with another big guy. He's leaving uh, DeAndre Jordan, who's probably one of the best centers in the league, and his game is very similar to... Drummonds. They're both big rebounders, dunkers. 
and I don't really think it's going to hurt Drummond's production too much having another big guy next to him because, like I said, Blake is more than willing to pass the ball, and their games kind of complement each other. They're not the same kind of player. So I think it can work for us. We still need a couple more pieces, but we're now better than, I don't know, Let's see, what do the standings look like in the East right now? Who's the current eight seed? We're, we're like a game and a half. We're just outside of eight. That. Yeah. I mean, okay. yeah. while you're looking that up, one thing I was going to say on this is I thought we were a slightly below average team before. Now I think we're a slightly above average team. And the thing is, is it's one of those things where in the NBA, like a lot of leagues nowadays, being slightly below average or slightly above average doesn't help you. You either need to be really good and win a championship, or you need to be complete shit to get good draft picks to build up to win a championship. So instead of the Pistons doing a rebuild because they're like, oh, we're below average, let's just tear this Dude, down. They've been trying to rebuild it. and they keep drafting horrible people. Yeah. I, I'm just excited because we get to go watch good basketball at a sweet arena and it's not going to be that expensive. Seeing Blake Griffin play. Like you're gonna sit on the twentieth row for like eighty bucks. That's what I'm excited about. I don't. The Pistons aren't gonna be good for a long time, but they weren't gonna be with or without Griffin. At least they're exciting now. That's all I care about. If they had drafted Donovan Mitchell instead of Luke Kennard, they would be able to contend. And the other fact of the matter is, the only way Detroit's gonna get a player like Blake Griffin is if they trade for him because yeah. they're not drafting him because they passed on Kawhi, they passed on Paul George, they passed on the Greek yeah, Freak. We clearly can't draft. They passed on Carmelo. They passed on Dwayne Wade. They passed on Chris <laughs> Bosh. We know. Yeah, we have issues drafting players, that's for sure. Like, when yeah. Reggie comes Our back... last hit was, like, Tayshaun Prince. Oh, Drummond's good. We got him in the draft, but that's honestly it. Yeah. Yeah. What, I mean, I, that's what I, I'm I, saying is I think that what all this does is you'll see the Pistons as an above-average team in the East, which is a pretty weak conference. Dude. Compared to the West. <laughs> and, yeah, you'll get in as, like, a five or a four seed probably. The next few years, you'll win a first-round playoff series or two. Maybe give that second-round team a little bit of a run for their money, take a game or two. But then at the end of the day, I mean... That's like complete hyperbole, what you just said. The Eastern Conference isn't even that much worse than the West right now. Yeah, it's, it's not... It's really... I mean, that's it's, nothing it's in the past now. Out, dude. The East, they don't just have the Cavs anymore. The Cavs aren't even the best the team Cavs in the East. They have the Cavs and the Celtics. The, the Raptors, Raptors are pretty good. The Raptors all right, are all the West really has good. all the West has that anybody's going to take serious is the Warriors and the Rockets, maybe the Thunder, but I mean, I, I would say the Spurs maybe they get quiet back. It's only another team they might take. Serious. I've never, they get I've never count out the Spurs just because Greg Popovich, dude. The, the Thunder, like, Greg Popovich and Kawhi Greg, Leonard Greg aren't beating three All Stars on every everything. other team, dude. There's on every other team that matters. There's at least two or three All Stars, and Greg and Pop aren't beating any of them in a seven-game series. I'm sorry. The Rockets are beating them. The Warriors are beating them. The Thunder are probably beating them. And on the East, there was a couple teams that would beat them in a series. The Celtics would probably beat them in a series, and they're not even ready yet, and they'd probably beat the Spurs. There's only a couple teams in the West that teams are taking serious, just like in the East. There's only a couple teams people are taking serious. At the bottom of the conference, playoff-wise at least, Philly is the eight seed for the East. I would definitely argue that they're better than the Denver Nuggets in the West. I mean, Joel Embiid doesn't even play every game. Once he gets his legs back and he starts playing back-to-backs, and well, they I got think, him and Simmons. I think Philly should be like Stop a four it. seed this year. Okay, right now they're the eight seed. Yeah, so. I'm just yeah, saying. I think Tony's original point have. is good. The Pistons have moved themselves into uh, what the Red Wings were for the last ten years. Good enough to make the playoffs, but not good enough to win it all. But I'm saying my own self. But there's only like three teams that are good enough to yeah, win it I know, all on a year-to-year basis. The fact basis. of the matter is, unless they break Golden State up, 
for the next four to five years, it's going to be whatever team LeBron's on versus them. So you don't really have a chance anyways. What you if might LeBron as well goes to the West? You might as well have some freaking – yeah, if he does go, the Pistons are set up perfectly. We'll take over, Yeah, that, that, could, that could be one of the dude, same if, thing, what you just said, Golden State LeBron. If Stanley Johnson ever comes into his own. <laughs> no, but that's not going down. The fact is, if you ask me would you rather have exciting basketball or go see Pistons games with 12 people in the stands, I'm going to go with exciting basketball. Not to mention Kendall Jenner might be around town. I'll be on the Kardashians. Famous. Blake's hitting that? Yeah. yeah. Is he? Yeah, legend. Yeah. she was in the stands for the first game. I didn't know that. Her and that voluptuous ass of hers. But Welcome was... to Detroit. <laughs> it's definitely not L.A. Uh, hopefully it doesn't end up like Rodman's wife with Give the business. Give my boy Kanye out here. <laughs> Have a little Caesars Arena rocking. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Get I'm lit. just saying. And, uh. You know, you know something unique about the NBA though it is was uh, for those UFC fights, players players do flock to where the talent is. You know, and I mean, I just kind of wonder what the chances are of Detroit maybe getting, you know, no nobody like LeBron or like or, or Durant or anybody. But I mean, play with us. Dude, our caps all fucked up too. Yeah, our, this is pretty much it. Yeah, we what are about Jackson. What about Isaiah play? Thomas from uh, Cleveland? Uh, isn't he a free agent? Uh, yeah, he's gonna be at the end of this year. There's actually hella free agents at the end of this year, but. I mean, but our cap base have is any totally cheese. fucked right now. Yeah, we don't really have any loot. And yeah. I have a hard time seeing these guys picking us over some of the other options out there. Drummond got a max deal from us. Reggie Jackson's getting like 80 mil. Yeah, Reggie Jackson already has a ridiculous contract. He's probably going to get another ridiculous contract. He just Blake, has to start playing. Blake dude. Griffin has a max deal right now, I'm pretty yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. yeah. That's, I mean, if we were talking about who got screwed, Blake Griffin signed that deal thinking he was going to be a clipper for life. He loved living in L.A. L.A. Oh, girlfriend. as part of their, and, like, re-signing package, they walked about on some balcony at uh, Staples Center and lifted his jersey into the rafters with a banner saying clipper for life. Dude, fuck it. Yeah, I mean, if he was here, smart I'm like Kobe, he would have had a no-trade clause. When Kobe almost up, got man. traded here for uh, Rip Hamilton, Tayshon, and somebody else, he was like, fuck that. Yeah. That's pretty messed up. Well, they also – I mean, he also found out from Twitter. I think that's pretty pretty unprofessional, man. I mean, I, I you know, this is a business, and I know social media is kind of out of control these days. But, uh, dude, you got to call that guy and let him know. I mean, that, that's just – that's just uh, uh, Oh yeah, that's a that, that's a grown that, man that business move. Like, hey, thing. listen, like a trade's about to be completed. Blake, we're we're sending you to Detroit. You know, like the Moneyball scene where where Jonah Hill sits down with uh, that first baseman. Like, you you, you got to do that. You can't let the guy figure out second. I mean, to me, I consider t- Twitter like third or fourth hand. You know, what I mean, it's not even like a phone call. Oh, I agree, hundred percent. You definitely should uh, let the guy know he's been there. One of the biggest Clippers, I mean, him or Chris Paul, but Chris Paul is a free agent signing. I would argue yeah. Blake is their biggest player in franchise history. They drafted him. He's on their squad for almost a decade. Numerous all-star appearances. Came in and set the league on fire. He's definitely the face yeah. of their franchise. Yeah. Just, uh, and they're just tearing that thing down. They are. They are. So know, man. Th- there's been rumors, too, though, the Pistons are g- might try to go after uh, Rodney Hood. Is it Rodney Hood from Utah? Yeah. So say if if they pick up Rodney Hood, what are what are our chances then of of at least competing? I mean, obviously we're gonna put the top three of Toronto, Boston, and, and Cleveland in a different category, but everybody else in that in that playoff picture, how how do we level up? Okay, I think those three teams are better than us for sure. The Wizards, uh, their whole outlook is contingent on John Wall. He's out for a couple months right now. I think two months, six to eight weeks mm-hmm. or something like that. If he, yeah, I think I saw like two months. Yeah, if 
if John Wall, I mean, it's pretty much a wrap for them. If they don't have a healthy John Wall come playoff time, they're not beating anybody. Yeah. Uh, well, two months puts him back right before playoffs start. Okay, but, I mean, he's still going to have to get it together. And what is their record going to be in the two months he's going to be out? Yeah. Yeah, that, that's, yeah, that's it right there. They're 29-22 and 22 right now. That's only five games ahead of us at the nine spot. So, I mean, they could fall right out of the playoffs, and there's no telling that John Wall is going to be able to get them right back in. So the Wizards, it all depends on Wall. Definitely not sold on them. The Heat. They're not a good squad. I mean, they have Whiteside. Who else do they got? Goran Dragic. Uh, Don't they have uh, Shabazz Napier? No, he's on the Blazers, if I'm not oh, mistaken. He's, he's on Portland now. I know they yeah, drafted him and try, when they were trying to keep LeBron. Yeah. But now I forget that. A lot that of things have ago. changed since 2014, bro. <laughs> 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 it's only three years ago, man. <laughs> Yeah. Fuck, four years ago now. Shit. The heat, the heat aren't really scaring anybody. The Bucks are scaring some people. They just fired Jason Kidd, so there's like some dysfunction there, but they Dude, get somebody in there the that Bucks gets have it always together. Been dysfunctional. They're a team that literally traded their nine and nineteen picks for Robert Tractor Trailer. Wanna know who Dallas took with the number nine pick that yeah, year? Dirk Davitsky. And then nine. And then the guy they took at 19 was the guy that the Suns wanted. So then they traded that dude to the Suns for Steve Nash. Yeah, they, they, they fucked up there, no doubt. But they hit in a big way when they drafted Giannis Antetokounmpo. And he's a fucking stud. Oh, yeah, he's a G. And they got blood. So yeah. they got a lot of players there. They're, they just have to put it together. They have guys everywhere. They have bigs. They have wings. They have guards. Brogdon just got hurt. But when he comes back, that gives him a lot of depth. Bledsoe is really good. Uh, Chris Middleton, who, pff, Jesus Christ, the Pistons get bent over on that deal. We took Brandon Jennings, who's now playing in, like, China or Yugoslavia or fucking somewhere irrelevant. Is he playing in Lithuania with the Ball Brothers, maybe? Uh, that's that's <laughs> possible, dude. And he probably doesn't even start, if that's the case. <laughs> so, yeah, we took Brandon Jennings for Chris Middleton and Brandon Knight. I mean... Yeah, neither of them are all stars, but they at least both still start in the NBA. I mean, come on, while we're shuffling for players over here, but yeah, the Bucks are good. They got some players, and the Pacers—they're on the come up too. Victor Oladipo, Miles Turner, but I actually think as of right now, we're better than Indiana, and we're definitely better than the Heat. Gonna be better than the Heat with Blake Griffin, but Philly—that's the current eight seed, and they're definitely gonna be a problem. Ben Simmons is a stud. Joel Embiid is the fucking truth. He's like Shaq these days. Oh yeah. I don't know how much hoop you guys watch, but Joel Embiid is a dog. Yeah, Me and yeah, Jerry were sick. talking. I mean, you can hit threes too every once in a while. Yeah, I yeah, mean, but Philly, I don't like Philly shooting did, threes. Philly did the He's thing nasty. where they just tanked for like four straight years, dude. And it got them Simmons and Embiid. they had a bunch of number one picks. Yeah, and these two. See, this is why I have a problem with like and they're tanking doing good, and imploding even though Mark in the Hull NBA. Who they just drafted? He sucks. Somehow, like, got the yips and can't hit a shot to save his soul. Bro, if they would have took Lonzo Ball, they would be sick as fuck. Lonzo, yeah, Lonzo wanted to go to L.A. Who cares where he wants to go? You have the number one pick. You fucking take whatever's best for your team. And then maybe trade okay, him if, to the Lakers if he says well, he's not playing Well, you didn't know Marco Fultz was going to get the yips. Yeah, but you... He had one of the best shots in college. You know what you should know by watching the film is that Lonzo is a better player than him. That's yeah. the general manager's job, especially but for I what they have. But I might say the guy, that Tatum guy that uh, Boston Jason got, Tatum? Yeah, he's better than both of them. Dude, he's 
in the best situation possible for a rookie. He's not asked to do anything except basically run the floor and hit open shots. That's true. That's it. He's got. You know, a lot of. Go ahead. A lot of times, karma comes around though. Though those players' demands, like Lonzo didn't want to go to uh, Philadelphia. Now Philadelphia looks looks uh, pretty sharp when he's in the right game. Now. And yeah. that that reminds me of uh, Eric Lindros. He didn't want to go to Quebec when he was drafted, and his parents got all involved and everything. Like Lonzo's, how many titles did Eric Lindros win? Guess guess what happened with Quebec Nordiques? They got a bunch of draft picks, drafted Peter Forsberg, uh, and, and, and they got a few other guys. Went off and won three Stanley Cups. So in uh, Colorado. So I mean. That that can that karma wheel, you know. I, I know I kind of brought hockey into a basketball conversation, but that that can kind of come around the and bite thing, you right in the ass. If we're going to talk sure. about Philly specifically, I think they're having fun. That Philadelphia 76ers team, I think those guys enjoy what they're doing right now, yeah. and that they're not coming to work; they're coming to something they think they're building towards a future, and I think that helps everything. Absolutely, if Embiid stays healthy and he can, you know, start to play every game. There's really no question. They're the, f- they're, I, I put them ahead of Boston as far as like future powerhouses in the East. The Celtics have the coach and they have the system and all that stuff, but Philly's got the players. They have two absolute studs, and I know it's like a shooting league or however you want to say it now since Golden State took over. Bottom line is every team's not fucking Golden State. Everybody doesn't have all-star snipers at every end of the court. And Embiid is like a generational big man. And when you have one of those guys, just look at all the generational big men. They win. Hakeem the Dream, Shaq, Tim Duncan, David Robinson, Wilt, all of them, they win. Basketball at the end of the day. Ben Wallace. (laughs) Basketball at the end of the day is still a big man's game. Like I said, like. You got your sweet guards, but... Yeah, I think it's specifically well, in that matchup, what's going to happen is Philly, if they're playing Boston, let's say five years down the line, or like four years-ish, maybe three. Dude, next year, Philly Okay, next year down the line, the they don't have anybody to guard and beat. They don't have anybody no, that can bang God, them. no. Al Horford, get the fuck out of here. Yeah, they're just not big. Like, Gordon Hayward's good, and Kyrie is the fucking truth, but... Oh, I forgot about Hayward, dude. They're going to have him and Jalen Brown and Tatum rotating on the wings. Kyrie, like one or yeah, but no front court. Marquise Morris and freaking yeah, they're gonna need some help up there. Well, I mean, I, it and depends. Think dude. about and you gotta think about you know. So we talk about the league becoming a shooting league and everything, but I I don't think you can truly have a good shooting team without a very important big man down low. You know, and that's why big men win is because they they you know attract so much attention down low that at who's open up top anyone. I mean, you could make, you, you know you could argue you can make almost anyone look like a good shooter if you got double, triple teams down low and a guy like Shaq or, or you know some of the legendary big men. You're 100 um, right, absolutely right. Look at uh, the Magic with uh, Dwight Howard. Yeah, that's the best example. Turka Glue sure. on the side. The uh, only Jason thing, Richardson. The only Jameer team Nelson without Rashad a shot. Lewis playing the four for sure. All those guys were just snipers centered around Dwight Howard. The only exception yeah. is the Golden State Warriors. And they do be- not have a legit big, but they have snipers everywhere, and they're big. In quotes, Draymond Green can dish the ball. Yeah, I mean, also yeah. Zaza. The, the fact of the, he's not Golden the, State the death has lineup is what gets two generational yeah. talents Starts, when it bro. comes to like LeBron James works at three point shootings or three point shooting and he can be all right. But if you talk about Kevin Durant and Steph Curry's natural ability to hit the three, including with Clay Thompson, you have three of the best three point shooters to ever play the game. So it's not like a team where you have a back in the day you had like one Kyle Korver, you know, yeah. one specialist JJ Redick. You know, what you have is a guy in Kevin Durant Their who's 7-1 are and specialist. can shoot it just as well as Steph Curry. That's what makes them different. Or when they had, um, before they got him, and it was just Clay and fucking 
When it was just dude. Harrison Barnes before he got cold. Yeah, they just had they had so many that you can't cover them. Draymond. He, That's when I was still saying it wouldn't work. And I mean, I know they won the first ring, but I'm telling you, dog, Kyrie was an absolute G in that game one, locking stuff up, making all kinds of crazy shots, blew his kneecap out, and they still lost in six. LeBron just played fucking Hercules ball. They almost lost to the Cavs shorthanded the first time. And then they did lose to him the next year. Pre-KD. KD changed it all. Yeah, KD now, made that. There's no team. denying it now. They're the shit. I think that's part of the argument you can make for why LeBron James is better than Jordan is to beat LeBron James, you need to have four legitimate all-stars on a team. Like, Jordan never faced more than two. Yeah. I and mean, when he did face more than two in the Lakers or the Celtics or the Pistons before they broke him up, yeah, he when lost. they faced actual teams, he lost. Look at uh, even back when LeBron was in the East the first time on those shitty-ass Cavs teams. He only yeah, lost when he went against to the, like the Boston, the Celtics, and when they got the big three together. Before that, Detroit, he, when we actually were good, went into yeah, 52 games. He, yeah, he was running through the East before it was like this weak East, allegedly, that we have today. He was making things happen. He only lost to like top-tier big threes, the Celtics, and uh, who else? Who the fuck? That Magic team we were just talking about, they yeah. beat him. They, beat Spurs, that, that magic they lost was, the Spurs in the finals, yeah, and the, the Spurs had, you know, had Tim Duncan in his heyday. Tim Duncan in his prime, Ginobili in his Parker, prime, Ginobili in his prime. prime. That's I mean, arguably the team of the decade for basketball, the team of the 2000s. Yeah, they won like every odd year. They yeah. won like 01, 03, 05, yeah. 07. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the thing is, too, is, you know, you talk about LeBron, you know, compared to Jordan, is LeBron went to the finals basically by himself. I mean, like, there, there were a couple other good players on there, but there wasn't anyone next to him like Tony Parker or Ginobili. You know, or, or or anyone like that to uh, to help him out. I mean, on that though, when LeBron went to the finals, that was pre Big Three Celtics and pre Dwight Howard blowing up down. In yeah, Orlando. but when he went to the finals, yeah. he, that was supposed to be the, the Pistons getting their revenge. Get through was us. Yeah, and he yeah. Had scored twenty five straight points in the fourth quarter. Yeah, before Mike got Scotty and all those guys, he had to go through Larry Bird, Kevin McHale, and Robert Parrish. Rasheed Wallace, the bad boys, John Pistons. Phillips. Tayshaun. Dude, every round he had to play a team like yeah, that. Yeah, that's true. The Celtics, then the yeah, Pistons, if true. you got past them, there's no way. LeBron, I'd argue the talent was better than Junius Algowskis and Eastern, Eastern Conference had to suck to go through back then. <laughs> LeBron was playing like the Wizards in the first round, and then like the Heat in the second round or something with Shaq gone and Wade by himself. LeBron's going to win that series, and then he'd get to the Eastern Conference Finals and lose to the Celtics. That's how it would go. Jordan was playing Bad Boys Pistons in the round one and then the Celtics in the second round. He's not getting to the finals before Scottie Pippen and Robin get there. There's no way. Yeah. Getting thrown around by the Yeah, Pistons. they had the Jordan rules for that one where they were the just Jordan, tackling every Jordan time he rules. went to the – Yeah, try to do that There's now. A rule. Every time Steph yeah. goes to take a three, just arm bar him. Yeah, he's shooting <laughs> three shots every time. Yeah. League's way softer the, now. The Pistons, yeah. the Pistons basically did what the Saints did to the Vikings that one year. It's just they they weren't like shy about it and they like put it in headlines. <laughs> yeah, called it the Jordan rules. That's the argument <laughs> like, though is they say like oh they play by those rules. But what if you move those players to now where they can't hand check and grab them? You're not catching stuff. They're gonna be dog leg tired because they can't just hold on to the guy when they're running away. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, the yeah. Pistons. I'm yeah. excited. I'm gonna go to some games. Me and Walt. Yeah, I'm definitely. That was the most NBA summer. talk we've ever done on this show. Oh, well, because Frank hates the NBA, NBA and he starts to you know you know I'm not trying to throw any shade his way when he's not here, but. When Frank kind of gets a little moody. Well, Frank like makes it obvious on the show. Anytime we have a cut topic, he doesn't get like. Get basketball. 
he just tries to move it along and get back to something he wants to talk about. I'll even What's do up? a call in for some basketball talk if you guys need me. <laughs> yeah, we got the Frank, microphone. You can be like Frank's regular. taking we'll a lot of heat, out. man. Frank Frank might not want to miss another show. He's taking a lot of heat. Oh, Speaking of heat and something he doesn't like to talk to about, though, how about the Red Wings uh, looking like another high draft pick this year? Um, hopefully they don't fuck it up. A little bit off topic, huh? I said hopefully they don't fuck it up again. Yeah, I mean, all I mean, yeah. Let's just hope they tried not to make the playoffs. Um, but one one thing that's kind of cool it's, it it pertains to the Red Wings, but not necessarily uh, you know about the Red Wings. Uh, anyways, my uh, my wife Kristen, she's taking me to uh, to a Portland Winterhawks and Tri City Americans games that features two of the Red Wings' top prospects, Rasmussen and uh, Chalowski. So I'll get to see them in person uh, in March. So that'd be pretty cool. That's dope. Up close and personal, or first uh, pro action. I heard yeah. Chalowski isn't really developing as well as they thought he was, though. <clears throat> he's got he's got a shit ton of assists. He's actually doing really well. Okay, because I I know that uh, something in the, about he what he was supposed to be in the NCAA didn't play well there. So yeah, he didn't he didn't have as good as a freshman good of a freshman season. Um, I think that's more along the lines of, like the the team and everything. Because uh, as soon as he went to juniors, Prince George, uh, the Cougars, they made him the captain before the season even started. So they must have liked him some for some reason. And then he got traded to a contender in Portland because Portland's going to be playing for a championship and Prince George isn't. So he got – it's like one of those deadline moves where you, you pick up a, a stud to help your team out. So he's okay. going to go compete with Portland and Rasmussen is back. Uh, he got six points in two games with uh tri-city so he's he's looking pretty good off an injury so and uh joe uh what's the guy that arizona drafted with our pick what's he doing right now uh he's sitting on the sidelines with an injury but he's he's done he's done okay isn't he in the nhl actually yeah yeah for arizona I don't. The Red Wings. It, we Todd wants something to be torn we down. We need defense, dude. They need to burn the Red. Hallen's got to go. Blashill. Everybody that's over cool. thirty years old off the team. I'm talking about ground up. I've been saying it for oh, two dude. years. I said, but we're so, like, still making the playoffs. That, how did so, Dusty even get to this point? So to the, the Jacob Chikrin trade, that that right there. The, the, that's what we were talking about, Tony. Jacob Chikrin. Yeah. So that. That the issue with that is is Holland actually made a really ballsy, great move. He got rid of Datsuk's salary and put us in a prime position to pick up Steven Stamkos. There were some heavy rumors that was between us, Toronto, and the Lightning of picking up Stamkos. Stamkos decided to stay with Steve I- Steve Eiserman, who I'm going to talk about in a second, and uh, and kind of ruin that whole thing before free agency even went off. So if if we land Stamkos, Ken Holland's a genius, but because we don't land Stamkos. Uh, he's not, and and the thing is, is is we had to put ourselves in a position that we could at least compete for him. If we didn't do that, then then what are we doing? You yeah, know what I mean, like wh- you had the, wh- the biggest free agent in hockey for the last ten years available. But part of that also falls back on Holland because to get that cap space to do that, we had to get rid of Datsu's contract, which was a bad deal that Holland signed, knowing Datsu wanted to go back to Russia. Like that's the thing is like. Holland has fucked this team for the future. Because right now we got three great young guys in Mantha, Larkin, and Anthony Siu. And chances are, with the way our cap situation looks like right now, with all these Albatross deals that he's handed out to people, 
we might be able to keep one of them unless Larkin decides to take like a hometown discount and then we'll get to keep two of them. But we're still giving well, up one of those three good guys for free because of Con- Ken Holland giving ridiculous contracts. Tony's kind of touching on a question that Walt kind of tried to chime in. I heard him try to say, how did we get here with the Red Wings? How did we fall that far? What happened was Holland used to be a genius. He'd find all kinds of players in late rounds that were sick. And then he stopped finding. His last two great finds are Datsuk and Zetterberg. And at one point, they had two of the top six players in the world on their team, and they kept drafting these guys that were supposed to be studs, but they didn't bring them up yet. That was like around you the know, time the Lions like, were going 0-16. Yeah, back then, well, once these guys got old, they gave all these guys, Franzen, Zetterberg, Datsuk, Jimmy Howard, they gave all these guys huge like 10-year deal contracts that were supposed to be so great. Well, the fact of the matter is the guys got older faster than Holland predicted. And mm-hmm. also because of the fact that... Cronwall got a deal, too. And the fact that a lot of well, these guys also got deals back when if they retired, their cap it came off the books. Well, so many teams did that; it It changed the rules. They said it violated the spirit of the salary caps, and they changed the rules there. But even after the rules changed, we gave these huge, ridiculous deals to Helm and Abdulkader, which are now tying us up. Where we could get around the other Albatross deals if we didn't have guys like. Helm and Advocator well, the f- with these huge caps. The fact of the matter is, Holland, the first 20 contracts. years he was in the NHL, didn't have to worry about salary caps. And then when he came out of the salary cap era, he hit on Zetterberg and Datsuk right away, so they had two just studs. At one point, you could argue Datsuk was the best two way hockey player in the world. In the world. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. So Definitely. that helps your team a lot. And Lindstrom, with Bobby Orr as the best defenseman ever, that helped a lot. What happens is. You don't, Sarah Cap isn't huge. You don't get to bring in a dream team with Luke Robitaille, Brett Hall, Dominic Hashik. This is not how it works. Like, he has one pre cap and post cap, so he's a great one. He should be in the Hall of Fame. But, like everything in the world, time passes you by. Holland's time was up around 2010. We've kept him around, and he's just an old, stuck in his way old man like Trump, and he's just run our franchise in the ground. Luckily, and he's I heading think- out to Seattle to uh, probably move to Joe's place once Joe leaves Seattle. Yeah, I'm a little disappointed by that. So, you know, I wanted there to be a hockey team here, like the, like the Vegas Knights. And I was like, oh, sweet. We're going to get a hockey team up here. I can actually go watch some pro hockey, maybe see a Wings game. And then Vegas got them. Then they wait till I decide to leave uh, Seattle. And they're like, oh, yeah, just kidding. We're actually going to get a hockey team. So that, that was awesome. But well, that, that leads to my next point, though, about about Ken Holland and and how he, he kind of needs to go. And I, I don't disagree with the fact that he needs to go. I was, I was just kind of defending the chicken trade. But, uh, but really what it comes down to is – I think, I think you have a guy who's up on his contract. You let him go, and then another guy who has some serious ties to Detroit down in Tampa Bay, who's coming up on his contract as well, and has the lowest payroll in the league, and has the top team in the league. Um, you know, I, I, I'm wondering if if the Illich uh, family would be willing to give him whatever he wants to come back up to Detroit and rebuild this franchise. I think they I'll get should. an answer for you, but I don't think he. Oh yeah, Jones work. works for Illich. I'll ask him at work. I'll get an answer for you. But uh, Ooh, what? Jones what? Walt works for uh, a bad joke for Illich. You didn't know that. It's a good joke if you oh. know the punchline. So he's gonna oh. ask him for you. He's part of Illich Holdings. But um, ask him. <laughs> I, I need to know. See what I can do. No, the fact of the matter know. is, I think Steve Eiserman is gonna buy into that. You can never go home, which I think is a bullshit cliche saying. But most of the time, you can't. Phil Jackson didn't work going back to New York. LeBron's kind of in a weird, tumultuous relationship with Cleveland trying to go home. I think Stevie Y is going to stay down there because it's nice in Florida and he's sick of the cold because he's from Canada. 
And, and he's got himself set up for like the next five years of winning. Yeah, I think our best bet is try to get Scotty Bowman, but he's probably retired. No, he's a uh, special advisor to his yeah, son. Bring Scotty back. GM we want Scotty. So Stan Bowman, yeah, Stan Bowman's GM in Chicago, and Scotty's been pretty much telling him what to do for the last, you know, however many, 10 years. Uh, but I, the, they do need to find a new GM. I, I think it, it'd probably be beneficial to get a new coach and just, just kind of clean house on a lot of the staff and get something going here. I You know, I think I don't think Blashville's a bad coach. He won everywhere he's been until the pros, but I think he's kind of caught in the whirlwind too of a lot of the a lot of the things that Holland has done is, is kind of hamstringing Blashill, and, and you see a lot of the moves that the Wings have to make uh, on a weekly basis. It's kind of like guys in and guys out to to make the cap work. Um, Blashill's got to play with what he's got, and uh, and you know it, it kind of hamstrings him. So I, I think he got brought up at the uh, at I the wrong the time. I, thing you know, is, maybe, maybe he'll land somewhere else and do is good. he's basically being told, "Here's a pile of shit. Make it look good." And there's only so much you can do to make shit look good. Yeah, but. Well, I'll tell you what, man. If Blashill had Babcock a cup was taking that same roster, team to the playoffs, if, if Blashill had a cup contending Years roster, ago, I've, I've looked at a, a lot of like his system and a lot of his breakouts and stuff. Oh yeah, and, and if he had like a, that. if he didn't have the a bunch of the players he had because Holland's given ridiculous deals to a bunch of players, and so we can't do anything. We can't trade them because nobody wants their contracts. We can't cut so them what because of the dead what you're telling space. me is if you give him give him a Ferrari, he can drive fast. You know what I want? A coach like Brad Stevens who can be given a Ford Taurus and drive fast. You know what I'm saying? Although Kyrie has a little Ferrari in him, the rest of the team doesn't really. You know what I mean? Everybody isn't Brad Stevens. Greg Popovich. Everybody isn't Brad and Greg, bro. Those guys are... Tom Izzo taking Travis Troy's Brendan Dawson to the final four. I mean, that's what Babcock was. Babcock was a guy who took all these players who were past their prime and on the tail end of their careers and said... Well, I got this crappy roster because of all these horrible contracts. Five minutes but ago, I you guys know. just told me they were top players in the league at that time. Datsuk and Zetterberg and Cronwall Yeah, back and in 08. I'm not talking about 2015. We're not talking about, like, Babcock's last year where he still was able to get them in the playoffs. Okay. Because he was able he was able to put those guys in the right situations where they were an above-average team. Where now you give those same guys to Blashill, and Blashill's got, like, a... Uh, this horrible problem. I have no problem can't turn it admitting I have no faith in Blashill as a coach. I don't like him as a coach. Yeah. I don't. Our cap situation is more fucked well, yeah. than I was just yeah, you don't like, you don't like, like him like as a coach Pistons. now. We don't have any superstars. Yeah, I just. I, I mean, I mean, Joel, Joel Quinville is a great coach too, but I mean, he doesn't do it without Patrick Kane, Teos, and Keith. Actually, I just like. The Blackhawks aren't even in the playoffs. You know who is the number one seed in the West? The Golden Knights, doing it for Las Vegas, throwing it down. Yeah. Oh, that's a and team. See, that, ta- talking about a team Golden buying Knights. into what a thing. What the fuck is that? The Vegas team. The Vegas Golden Knights, the number one in the that's West real expansion thing. team. Yeah, yeah. Expansion First year they're in the league, they're number one place right They've now. They've already seventy-two points. James Neal, David Perrin, Mark Andre Fleury. I know Fleury, the goalie. Yeah, he's got trade. Basically, they got, they what got, they uh, did was they got a bunch of mid-level players from other teams because they were unprotected in the expansion draft. They have one star. I mean, Flurry's like the closest thing they have to a star. He's old. He was a star fucking... Uh, Jonathan, yeah. like, Marsha Salt has 48 points. Patrick Kane only has 50. That's pretty good. David Perrin is 46. Yeah. Will Carlson, he's good. Basically what... Riley Smith, wasn't he a Red Wing? No, no. no that oh, that's Smith. that's the brother of Brendan Smith. Yeah, the actual R- good R- one, R- the one R- that used to play for Boston. Yeah, yeah. Right, we had Riley Sheehan, the guy who didn't score, like, a goal for over a yeah, year. Yeah, was getting hammered at Torch Lake on 4th of July weekend. Don't bring that guy up around me. But... 
Yeah, no. Expansion Vegas is a team where I think what happened there was you had all these guys who their teams left them unprotected, so they kind of felt unwanted. They came together and went, nobody wanted us. Let's fucking tear this league up and like it all worked together somehow. That's all good well, and well, there, but what's there's also a lot of situations too where certain teams, um, you know, couldn't couldn't protect everybody. They had a good like crop of like say defensemen or forwards, and so what they did is they worked a deal with Vegas, worked out a trade. Uh, and so Vegas got a few good deals just based off of uh, trade. So like Shea, Shea Theodore from Anaheim was a really good up and coming defenseman. He's yeah. in Las Vegas now uh, as part of a huge huge deal that they were they sure were able about to turn the Red out, Wings so. trading for him. Okay. What? Did you at one time talk about the Red Wings trading for him? No, I talked about them trying to get Cam Fowler. Ah, that's right. And he was somebody from the Ducks. That's pretty sweet. The. Uh... The expansion squad, but what the hell is hockey doing with an expansion squad? Aren't they having trouble they're paying the regular bigger. teams? No, I mean, oh, they they keep bigger. I mean, they're the smallest of the leagues, but they're making money hand over fist, Joe. And they're about and to and they're about TV to expand to Seattle. They have one of those now, a TV contract. Yeah, with, with who? NBC. They've had one for a few years with NBC. Okay, I thought like once Versus went under, I thought hockey was uh, Versus became <laughs> NBC Sports. I mean, don't forget, like, like Canada. I'm, I'm trolling it's, here. It's funny, fellas. man. A picture we so rarely you know, see, Walt Jones the contrarian. I'm trolling here. I really don't know too much about it. It's like, Krasik, remember when I made that uh, San Jose Shark shirt in the playoffs? Oh, my God. Yeah, that's, that was just uh, that was brutal. It's a continuation of that. I just like fucking with you guys about hockey. <laughs> Nobody does watch that shit, though. As we uh, wind this down and before we I get do. to uh, the last uh, topic with Max Kellerman, the miscellaneous section of the or miscellaneous section. I'd like to go back to Tony's point. And during the show, I took time to read the smear piece. And there's a couple of facts that Tony <laughs> left out. Number one, the counselor who's referenced throughout the entire piece and said the coaches were covering up rapes, the counselor that said coaches were like putting it on their table, not any coach specifically, has never met Mark Hollis, D'Antonio, or Izzo. Never had any interaction with them ever in her life. The OCR, the Office of Civil Rights, ruled that Michigan State, although they did have problems in terms of paperwork, and uh, some sexual harassment within the Title IX staff, which was a member of the Title IX, students did have adequate resources when reporting rapes. Especially uh, some girl named Shehan or Sheehan had adequate resources, even though she felt like she didn't. And they also cite in the ESPN piece, this has nothing to do with Title IX, that, or this was part of the Title IX, that students on campus felt that football and basketball players had a history of sexual assault. Number one, I think that's a little bit of a stereotype as to with all the rich white kids at Michigan State. Number two, they didn't survey me and I was there. So if they didn't survey me and I'm the everyman, how well can the survey have gone? Number three... Solid point. Since the investigation <laughs> okay. concluded, little, we, have, uh, over... we have upped the ante from $300,000 budget to $1.2 million. I was there in 2014. I was there in 2011 when most of the shit went down. And 09 and 08. I read all those reports. Yeah, but you weren't there. When All the Title I'm saying is they, they cite in the ESPN piece something from Title IX that say students said there was a culture of sexual assault with the athletic program. I was on campus. I've been to pretty much 90% of the buildings. I've partied on every street you can imagine. I've gotten drunk in 14, 15 different dorms. Not once were people like, oh, yeah, Draymond Green's out there raping people. It didn't happen. I was there. They're sensationalizing something. Those are facts. Wait, so Max Kellerman wrote that? No. No, Jerry's Jerry's saying because he didn't get raped at Michigan State, nobody got raped at Michigan oh, State. Oh, Tony, don't. There's That's an us-two movement well, coming, okay? I've been sexually assaulted before in my life. I'm just a man and put that shit deep down inside. I don't want to know what you and Frank did when you lived together. 
Oh, it was by a woman. So, with that, uh, it was a good, good way to close, Jerry. Thanks for like, looking up the smear piece. Uh, um, I hope you weren't being sarcastic. About, uh, maybe half sarcastic. I don't know. I'll tell you later. <laughs> All right, go. So, uh, so I, I think I think that's a good point to uh, wrap it up, boys. I think I think this was a good show. It was a good little welcome back. We had some controversy. We had some Super Bowl talk, and next week we could talk about. Uh, post Super Bowl and what uh Brady and his massage par- therapist will be doing all next summer. So um well thanks for thanks for coming on, bud. We know uh, Brady's gonna be doing Giselle all summer. Definitely uh appreciate you guys having me on. It's, Are we uh, hitting the Max Kellerman thing or no? Oh we can. We can yeah, let's real run quick. It. Max Kellerman said uh Notre Dame to change their name. I just I think? mean in the PC world we live in, I can see why all the Native Americans have to change their names number besides florida state and the seminole tribes down with that they send a seminole out there on a horse in full war paint because the seminoles are the unconquered you know what i'm saying real thugs even though andrew jackson tried to wipe them out against the congress's orders I but i uh, hate andrew jackson <laughs> anywho harriet tubman I don't, needs to get on that 20 i think ASAP. that max kellerman with the fighting irish is looking into something that isn't there he's saying because irish people get drunk and fight the fighting irish is a negative stereotype and that's just not true. They're saying fighting because it's the ferocity. You know what I mean? You're a sports team. You're on the field. You're it's not the like victory. you have the freaking Italian mobsters. That, like, that would be PC sick. PC culture is going to like these extremes. Like, well, the we went down all the bad shit, but we need to find more bad shit so we can keep getting mad about things. I actually think it's cool the Redskins haven't changed their name, no matter how fucked up the term Redskin is. Which is the term for going out and scalping an Indian and bringing it back? That's what a redskin is. That's but fucked up. They dude. were. I th- I like that he's. I'm not gonna change. Dude, if you want to change the name, get enough money to buy the team from him. You know what I'm saying? Don't just cry about it. Anybody can tweet something. You know what takes real money? Get it enough to buy an NFL team. You know who did that? Steve Ballmer. <laughs> he can call the Clippers the LA sycophants, the LA sociopaths. He wants to. He owns the no, team. No, get his fucking bald headed ass out of there, just like they did the guy before him. It's not that All easy I'm to saying, just do whatever you want because it's your team. Donald Sterling should be the. Proof they're of trying that. to tell somebody how to live his life because they don't agree with it, instead of trying to do something about it. Yeah, but you have to remember it. It's the NFL. Yeah, like, it's the NFL. <laughs> think about who owns NFL teams. Aaron Donald just a named Defensive of Player of the Year. On a side man. note. That's bad news. I mean, yeah, they're all... Donald's a beast. What's yeah, Jerry Richardson's about to sell out because he's been slapping ass since the 60s in the Panthers organization? Yeah. I mean, that's... He founded the squad. That's kind of fucked up to make him out to sell If we're really going to get down the like, brass tacks of all this stuff on a non-sports really, you know, most of the sexual harassment, there was a time where like some of it was cool in the United States. I'm not saying it was actually cool, but what you're doing is judging people on their actions in a time outside of when they were doing it. But... That's no, neither no, here I mean, nor there. Jerry Richardson's doing that shit currently still, too. Yeah, yeah. And he's a... Like, I, having I don't bitches think he should own an NFL team. And yeah. And so if you want to dance Schneider out, just have some broad go in there with her skirt hiked up no, see, and say she was harassed. See, I don't know. I'm kind of disagreeing here. Uh, uh, Jerry Richardson's got all these chicks on payroll. They know what they're signing up for, working for an old fucking rich, horny white man like that. And then Daniel Schneider, on the other hand, is just being a fucking asshole. He knows he's offending millions of people with that fucked up ass name, and he's just refusing to change it because he's being like you. That's why you like it so much because you're a just because person, just like Daniel Schneider. Yeah, he's I can not, respect. It. I understand. He's his not motivations. changing it just because. 
Jerry Richardson's not out here like Cam Newton even said Jerry's not racist. Like he's not out here saying fucked up shit like that. He's just like, oh, come here, sweetie. And, you know, tapping chicks on the ass. It's kind of fucked up. That's called but, sexual harassment. I said there enough sexual harassment. He's got him on the work. payroll, bro. That's... Yeah, you can't do that in the workplace. <laughs> this isn't the office. Dude. Well, I said well, before, my piece on it. Jerry Richardson, if Daniel Snyder can still own a team, Jerry Richardson should I'm be able to own is, Dude, that's, that's seriously like fucking if Jerry Richardson was calling his team like the slaves or something or like the cotton pickers. <laughs> seriously. Dude, there are what, what team is it? The uh, Ole Miss Rebels, that's just because of the South, you know? Yeah. But, I mean, it depends what side of history you want to be on. It's just fucked up. I don't know. All I'm saying is if these women can come forward to the press and say, hey, Jerry Richardson slapped my ass, obviously victims do feel weird coming forward about being victimized. I understand there's like a Stockholm Syndrome, and they don't want to talk about what happened to them. I don't want to talk about the bad things that happened to me. I blacked that shit out. You know what I'm saying? But... If you can come forward and talk to the press, why can't you talk to the cops? Shouldn't that be the first place you go? Not USA Today. Fucking the FBI. Bro, it's a money grab. They want a piece of that check he's going to get for selling the squad. It's just like you were saying. It's because of the current climate. Nasser's getting all this shit's coming up with Izzo and those guys, and they're connecting it. It's the current Me Too movement. So, hey, oh, yeah, Jerry Richardson grabbed my ass like 10 years ago when I used to work for him. And then a couple chicks that he's probably been grabbing their asses recently. Well, he grabs mine every day. I need a couple bucks, too. So now they all want to raise their hands. Also, when I was reading through all the investigations at State, like, out of the 34, at least 20 or some of them are past the statute of limitations. Just an FYI. So they really can't do anything. But that's neither here nor there. All right, so before we get too technical, I think, uh, Tony, it's time for you to pay the bills, buddy. Yeah, this was a long one. Yeah, this is a little over an hour and a half. Thank you if you listen to the whole thing. So you can find the show at revolutionarysportsfront.com. You can download and subscribe to the show on iTunes and Stitcher. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash revolutionarysportsfront. (laughs) Twitter.com slash rsfpodcast. We have an Instagram page. We have a YouTube with content coming soon. Oh, shit. A YouTube channel? Yeah. yeah. I, I posted a few videos up there a while back. You guys got to blur my face on that. I'm not receiving any you know, residuals, so I don't want my face on there. until this is show, oh, we, we haven't made the show live on YouTube <laughs> yet, but we out. might soon. Okay, okay. You become but, a full-time uh, member, so you can get a check. Thank you for downloading, listening, and subscribing, and thank you for being a part of the sports revolution. Go Philly. Adios, amigos!